Hi, welcome to the Empty Hand Podcast. This is your host, Seiji Saiki. This is an interesting one to record as the first time I had two guests on. I had Martin and Nadia from Karate at Home. I think this is a pretty cool initiative they started.、Um, it's one of the largest online dojos with over 110 countries and 25,000 members. This was a pretty cool way of keeping the Karate Flame alive during the COVID 19 pandemic, and it was pretty awesome to share some ideas. So, Without further ado, here it is. <laughs> it doesn't get any. So, like, what do you think were the, your initial expectations of COVID as soon as you heard the news? Do you want to take this one first, Nadia, maybe? Yes, I, I can, absolutely.、Um, so, I was living still in New York at that point of time. And obviously, New York was hit very hard、um, in the first wave, right? It was really early March. And honestly, I thought, well, it's going to be over in like two, three months, probably. You know, I've, I've never ever thought it's going to take a year or even longer now, right? Probably. Yeah. So that was, that was just my thought. It was a bit surreal, right? Because we never had something like that before. And you couldn't really, you know, I was following all the press briefings every, briefings every day. And I was like, this is really. Then the big ship, the army ship was coming, like the hospital army ship. And I was like, this is surreal. So,、um, so yeah. So、um, I thought it's going to be over in two, three months. That was my expectation. Were you, and you stayed in New York all this time, or did you, did you move to Germany after? Yeah, no, actually, I moved to Amsterdam、oh. beginning, yeah, beginning of May because、uh, for me it was particularly difficult because my visa was running out, so I needed to leave the country. <laughs> so I was also moving in the middle of a pandemic, which was interesting as well. Yeah. Wow. So, Martin san,、mm-hmm. like, how did, how did this come about, like Karate at Home? How, Um, yeah, it, it, it was just a feeling. It was really a feeling when our counselor、um, in TV said we're going to have a lockdown starting tomorrow.、Um, I just got the idea I have to do something because I was thinking about people getting people are alone at home, they're getting depressed, they can't train, they have fear losing family members and so on. And I just decided to put a training online myself just by, by an idea.、Um, I had this, it was really a feeling. I had the same feeling a lot of years before when the tsunami was、mm. in Japan. And that morning I called Ochi Sensei very early in the morning and I said to him, Ochi Sensei,、um, we have to do something. Let's, let's, let's write all our members, let's get money and let's send money to Japan to help some people or to help an organization.、Mm. And it was the same feeling. Um, I, w- I was really thinking about people being alone at home, having maybe no family,、um, used to go to the dojo two, three times a week. And okay, let's have one hour fun every day. And this is how I started it.、Mm. And I would give over to Nadia now because then I received a phone call. I think it was <laughs> very late <laughs> after, after my first online training. And Um, I stood in front of the camera. It was my first online training. I mean, I was 58 years old, so not、uh, 57 that time, not too, not too young, but first time training in front of a camera. And then suddenly people looked from different countries. I was, I was a little bit nervous. So, now、yeah. you tell, 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 your, tell your phone call when you called me. 
Yeah. So, so, and I, I, I saw that um, because we are friends on Facebook, right? But we ha- we didn't have a lot of contact for a long time, like oh, sporadically. Mm. Um, and then I was like, oh my god, oh my god, because I guess then my, you know, I'm a marketing uh, manager in my in my job in my career. So I guess I was just triggered, and I was like, I saw the opportunity. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is, this can be big, right? We can impact and help so many. Yeah. And, um, and I called him and I said, okay, you know what? We have to continue this. <laughs> and he was like, huh? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Let's ask a few other people. We, we have such a big network, right? Because we go do karate forever and are very well connected. So why not asking a, a few other people we know? if they would teach. And then so it happened. And then I let Martin explain whom he then recruited. But then I said, okay, and you know what? I create a Facebook page and I do that and I do an Instagram account. So it was really very scrappy at the beginning, but it was, it was fun. And then Martin, I don't know if you want to talk about the, the, how many instructors we got like in a very short period of time who wanted to support and had fun and how did yeah how did it snowball like that because it obviously i mean it, it when that positivity hits it's just kind of contagious isn't it so um before my first training i was already calling um richard the um, um now president and former um, national coach of czech republic okay and richard, richard i said richard i need your help you have to give us and he, <laughs> Like Richard said, okay, online class, okay, okay. And after Nadia and me talked, um, then I would say the first six, the first six weeks were around about three to four hours sleep at night. (laughs) Yeah, really, because daily normal job, and then after job, just something to eat. I'm training from six to seven every day, really every day in the first months. And then I called and wrote and, and everybody I knew from my former time in, in the, in the Federation and in the, in the German squad. And um, I, everybody I knew, I sent them the pictures and logos Nadja made. Mm. So the Karate at Home logo. I like the logo. And I invited them to be friends. So before I had like 500 friends on Facebook and within a couple of weeks, I had 5,000. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but, but, so it came and then one instructor, next instructor, I mean, we, we know them from JK, we know them, but then we, we got the first instructor from, from KWF. Mm-hmm. And so we, we met people we never met before. And this, this was really great. This was really great, um, and it was it was really spreading from from federation to federation, from country to country, from continent to continent. And it's, I would also say, sorry, go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. No, I would also say, you know, I think we were pretty much once one of the earliest platforms with regards to karate online training, right? Because mm. I mean, no one thought about karate online training before if we are really honest, that it didn't exist, right? Digitalization of karate was not a thing at all. Yeah. And so, and, you know, and that's why I think a lot of people didn't think about it. I mean, now you have nearly every dojo having Zoom calls, every, you know, 
big association is doing stuff. It's great, right? I love it. But at that time, we were the only ones. So obviously, you had a very fast snowball effect and adoption of of people just being so excited that they could continue training, right? Yeah, I think it's um, probably a lot of people, including myself, thought it was just going to be a lockdown for like two weeks or a month. So, okay, let's just shut down. And then one month later, we'll resume training. Mm -hmm. But obviously, you know, you got you both like knew exactly what needed to be done and and it's amazing um this platform and it's also admirable all the instructors that donated their time because it's really hard to teach a class online (laughs) (laughs) i know i've done it you have done it right well yeah and it's it's i mean also for you to even just record like your messages right when you release those live messages like, that's not easy too <laughs> thanks for saying that yeah um yeah but i guess i guess you know it was a you really could see we really could see that it was impacting people positively right yes. like it was helping that was number one and b not just helping because of the pandemic but people including ourselves we were so excited to connect different associations and karateka because mm. honestly i grew up in jka right i always always the whole of my life i was exposed to jka only so i i actually myself didn't have any idea about all these amazing karatekas who do the same karate as i do just mm. happen to be in different associations and it's amazing to not think about the politics and the boundaries of associations, but just about the pure karate that unites us, right? Hundred percent. So, yeah. Yeah, and and um, when we started, we, we had very very high ranked instructors. So mm-hmm. in the beginning, we said should be at minimum third down, should be experienced instructors. But in the beginning, we had like um, chief instructors. We had world champions, we had Don Sharp, we had Ray Teo, we had Germans like Giovanni and, and, and Manuel, who are, I think, six times European champion. Um, so this was a real, real, and then we had Ota Sensei. I mean, this this was really spectacular. Ota Sensei um, um, was, I think, 650 people in the live view because it was the first first months it was online nobody had online and then 600 people were watching live and all the instructors helped us because they gave us new recommendations and they told us new persons and this was so great but I think what helped really a lot I mean Nadia and me we worked together for a long time and we worked together um, in the federation um, I had the great honor to teach her for a couple of years when she was still in the youth court and I was adult. Uh, <laughs> and yes, it's a long time since we know us. I, I, I know her father very well and I'm very afraid when he has his ski on. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, but for example, um, we have very fast um, an understanding we discuss, we have sometimes different opinion, but we find very, very fast um, a solution or compromise. Mm. And what was coming, Nadia, maybe maybe you helped me what time we made this, but we found very, very early our rules. No politics, um, only positive comments, 
and non-profit, no advertisement. And a lot of people on social media, they're trying to, to send us long um, discussions, how it's Zuki should be made, or oh, we doing the Mawashige like this, or how, no, we never wanted, this. we never wanted, just come, train, join, and take from the training what you like. What you don't like, forget. Exactly. And the rules, they, they help so much because all the people, they really love the rules and they understand them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that could be like a major black hole when people start getting into those back and forths about the technique and how it should be executed. Yeah. I mean, have you have you run into any of those issues early on, or those rules just pretty much avoided any of those major confrontations? We 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 had no discussion like that. Good. And that's awesome. We have only a few comments I delete. As soon as the comment is personal and negative, I delete, I delete yeah. them. It would take a lot of time to take care because as, as bigger the group is getting, you have to take care. But we say you can, if, if people have different opinion or want to criticize, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But then please write the instructor or not just me in person, not as yeah. a comment. Not as a discussion platform. This is a training platform. This is a platform for good mood. This is a platform for friendship, and this is a platform for training. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the um, the motivation to to promote this as nonprofit? Because I find that very, I find that really exemplifies karate or budo karate. Mm-hmm. Is that? This is a bit of a, a weird topic because I I don't I'm not blaming people who do karate as a living. I think it's necessary and I don't think there's anything wrong with making money from teaching. But I really if you to me, if you're really sticking true to the roots, the kind of philanthropic aspect of karate I think is really more in line with Budo. But I could be totally wrong with that statement. But so what are I your think thoughts it on was, that? Yeah, I think it's well, first of all, Martin and I have both um, daytime jobs, right? So we we never lived from karate. I think we we were always used to give our time from a philanthropic philanthropic um, and mm-hmm. charity perspective, right? Like I do, do it since I'm a child with in the club in my home club, right? I, I never got any money, right? It was just something I do because it's part of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Karate is part of my life, and. Um, I think that's why when we realized, and, and Martin obviously jump in, but when we realized um, we can have a positive impact with that, and obviously a little bit for ourselves, we can combine it with our passion for karate, plus train, plus meet so many amazing people. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I don't need payment for that because um, it's giving me so much more than any kind of money could do to that, you know? 100%. Um, it's... It's just, I guess, um, obviously at some, and, and we're asking ourselves, right? How long can we go? How long will we have instructors supporting us for free? That's obviously a question then, because it's more, we, we kind of are often a little bit ambiguous between, we would love to support some of the instructors who live from karate and we know are in trouble, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. where do you draw the line, right? And it's so hard to, to find a way that would balance that out. So it's less for us to be to get profit, but more for helping, helping uh, um, others and helping instructors. That that's yeah. more what we are thinking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we we gathered on, on some project last year. We gathered money for for social projects, um, and 
Nadja, me, we were way often discussing, is there any chance how we can help um, instructors? But it's too complicated and, and the risk is, is too great that that, mm. that lose the core, the center line. Because we were thinking, okay, when, when each, each member of a training pays one euro, then we can gather the money and give it back to the instructors. But mm. suddenly you have more money on one training than on the other training. This is something where, what we don't want. This mm. would be then a kind of competition. We don't want that. But what, what we're doing right now, um, we say we're nonprofit, we make no advertisement. But if one of the instructors who was teaching on our platform is making something for money, we promote his um, classes, like mm. on my um, personal um, um, or Nadia's personal um, Facebook page or um, some instructors, we do it also on Karate at Home. And so I think this is probably the important thing to mention, right? You, When you were asking, how come you got so many instructors? I mean, you, you shouldn't forget that once you've become such a big platform, it's also amazing for the instructors to to get that awareness out about themselves, right? Mm. Um, and to maybe in the future get seminars somewhere else. And, and it's not just in their home country. It's actually across the world. I mean, mm. for, for, for some of the instructors, I mean, you know, there's pretty advanced karate countries like Canada or US mm. or Germany. But then there is countries who, who are never exposed to big instructors, who are never exposed mm. to that big community right and they suddenly have not just the platform for themselves to use it and to connect but also to to show how good they are right mm -hmm. and 100%. i think um i think that's um a lot of motivation for the instructors as well right mm -hmm. well i think your your platform really addresses like what I tried to mention earlier i mean again i want to be very clear i, I don't think there's anything wrong with like doing karate as a living and for you to make mm -hmm. money from it. I, I don't have anything against that. But if you were both in, in that position, you wouldn't probably have created this type of platform, right? I mean, mm -hmm. those ideas wouldn't have come out. And I mean, if you had online classes, probably you'd want to grow your own personal platform, but it wouldn't necessarily touch as many and, and impacted other, as many people as, as what your platform has done. So that's right. why I, I don't know if I'm running into a wall with those statements, but I'm just, how can instructors be supported or how can they be able to make a living, but not be so um, we'll say capitalist in, in mentality. Mm. I, I think um, well, let, let me just explain. I, I know the, I, I remember the feeling when I had the first contact um, to Taiwan, mm. I never went to Taiwan. I want to be there. I really love to be there someday. And then we had one instructor from Taiwan. Wow, a new country, a new country. And then Nadia was building the pictures with the, with the flags and, and we were right now a lot above 110 um, um, countries. And now people from all over the world know like Jerome in Tanzania. Mm. So, if you go to Tanzania, you will look for his dojo. Mm. Yeah, or there will be a, se a seminar. You will look. It, it's the, the the world is was getting really greater, really more mm. open, more open. 
And um, we have now in, 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 uh, on YouTube, we have over 300, I think 340 units now, 340 classes like a library. And every instructor, every instructor can go on this platform on YouTube and look. And uh, I mean, we, we three, we have normal jobs. So when you have a dojo and you have to prepare training, it's a hard thing when you have a normal job because when you have time to prepare training to make your thoughts, oh, what I'm going to do tonight, what I'm going to do tomorrow and what I'm going to do on next Wednesday's class. Mm. Um, and okay, we go to seminars, um, but here you can look, you can, you, and this is also very nice. To, we get a lot of positive feedbacks from members mm. and we get also a lot of feedbacks from um, experienced black belts because they say, oh, I can take out from nearly every training, I can take out a little bit. Mm -hmm. This is helping me in, in, in my planning and in my training. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think what you're with this platform, it really does symbolize karate as like a perfection, like self-perfection, because you're taking this idea and you're magnifying it. And a lot of people are benefiting from it and, and you're supporting a lot of people. So I really have a lot of admiration for that. And that's, I'd like to see more of that. That's what I, I think the point I'm trying to make is, is that how can we get more of these ideas out there? You think? Like how, so I know. think, yeah. So I think there is still so much unexplored, you know, unexplored areas when you think mm. about karate, right? Karate on the one side, what I think is amazing and what makes it so incredible is the tradition mm. at the same time. And I know that there's been a lot of federations who try to bridge the balance between the tradition and modernizing, right? And a lot of federations feel at unease to modernize, right? Because, mm. you know, it's a fine balance, right? What do you modernize and, and what are you keeping from your tradition? So I think, I think you know, once you get associations um, a little bit more open, to new things, right? And and actually the pandemic helped for that because who would have thought that JKA is giving online trainings, right? Mm. Who would have thought that that um, they are doing the Gishin Festival and, and all that stuff online, right? Like I really truly believe that started a very, mm. very important uh, wave of change because federations and also karate clubs are realizing, okay, we need to be online it's not an option for us to not be online, right? Might it be for training or social media or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So that is one. And I think, you know, one other area we are super passionate about in on Karate at Home, and I hope we see more, is the whole discussion around inclusivity and diversity. This is This is like, if you think about how this is discussed everywhere in the world, Yet when you look at karate, it's horrifying how non-diverse and non-inclusive um, karate is. It's, and it's because of the tradition, right? It's, it's very slowly over the years, you know, are, do you see more female instructors? Very slowly. Like mm -hmm. I, when I grew up, I always trained with men. I mean, it made me strong, but at the same time, um, you know, I never had a woman, well, my mother, but like, I never had a lot of women next to me I could look up to, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's what we try to do on Karate at Home as well, right? We try to show much more women um, 
to to show that there is diversity, right? Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of positive a uh, lot of positive feedback for doing that. And I just hope we see more more well, platforms that are promoting women, but also different different ethnicities, right? Mm-hmm. Well, def- definitely, in terms of like we'll say branding, if you, you you do to some extent have like a we'll say like an organizational culture right? Or where you want things to go in the future. And I think mm-hmm. this platform really shows that karate is an ex- extremely vital tool for overall wellness. Because people, mm-hmm. it's their, for some people, it's their lifeline for, for, mm-hmm. for them to go and know that there's a class that they can participate in. It's, it's, it's a huge, it has a massive impact. So should an organization be promoting tournaments or these like strong athletes? I think it's extremely important though, mind you. But I mean, this almost this area is, is new territory, like you mentioned, right? No, and you're touching another interesting point, which is the combination of body and mind, right? Which karate is just the perfect sport or uh, lifestyle or however you want to call it that is mm-hmm. combining those two things right it's it's not just keeping you physically fit it's keeping you mentally fit it's keeping your spirit up and it's if you do it it's it's part of your life and it's not a sports and mm-hmm. and i think i think a that helped a lot of karateka in this pandemic yes. um, to keep the to keep the spirit up right so i mean let's talk about some of the benefits of karate like what would you describe as some of the the biggest benefits from it yeah so i think um we were touching on this right i think for me the biggest benefit is definitely that it's a combination of body and mind right you are um you are not just physically exercising you are training your spirit you're training your mind you are training your discipline you are, um, and you get incredibly resilient um, if, you know, if you do it, for example, for your whole life, right? It's, it's, it's just becoming part of your life rather than a sports or hobby, I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, this, this combination of body and mind. And, and um, I think that's also made it such a powerful support during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um I think karateka, karatekas were much more resilient um, in these times because they had karate to hang on, right? And they yeah. had karate that teaches them much more for life, right? And so it's a little bit like a, a life guide as well, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that assessment. I don't know if Martin wants to add something. Yeah. Um, if, if you allow me, if you allow yeah. me, I, I would. No, I, um, everything would not just says. I, I totally agree. No question about that. But it's very different from person to person. Mm. So the dojos normally live from the normal karate practicing two times a week. But when there's something to do they help the most. So um, like organizing something, helping something, they have really a lot. Then they have only a small group looking for, for, um, yeah, for the medals. 
And what I want to say is karate can give you so much and it gives everybody what everybody wants to have. Mm -hmm. Not everybody is willing to go the next step. Mm. So what I see a little bit of, of a risk of karate, especially when I compare it to um, other fighting, martial arts and sports, both. Um, I, don't want to, I don't want to get negative, but in my opinion, a tsuki has to be a tsuki. Mm -hmm. If someone is 75 or, um, or not so strong, no problem. But usually a black belt should have some skills. Mm. And I have sometimes a little, very different from country to, to country, very different, but um, and different from dojo to dojo, that's normal. But I have sometimes, um, I'm a little bit afraid that karate sometimes get a little bit too weak. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard balancing act for sure. Yeah, so, so sports karate, not talking about sports karate. That's a totally different thing. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about my, my opinion about Shobuipon karate. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I, I think I understand if people doing karate only two times a week. Perfect. Great, mm -hmm. great. And they are sometimes really the basic of the social community in the dojo. But for the higher belts... It's always important to prove ourselves again, to look again for the next stage, to remember, oh, damn, my heel is going up again. Mm -hmm. Ah, it was down. No, ah, Pasadai, this heel is going up. Or oh, here, my hip is moving. So always working on, on ourselves. And also, a punch should be a punch. And a kick should be a kick. And I'm a... I think there's a, um, a very great um, responsibility for us instructors to bring people to the next level mm -hmm. without injury. What is not always easy. Mm -hmm. It is not always easy, but but um, you you understand what I mean? I understand. Actually, yeah. it's funny you say that because I was just talking to Nadia San about that earlier when your when your line cut off, uh, but. Uh, what is interesting about karate is one of the few martial arts that encompasses like the whole circle of cycle of life. So, yeah. I mean, you can see people in their eighties and still performing really well. And, and even there's competitions in Japan for that, which I find really interesting, but going back to what you were saying, yes, I think what would solve that problem about raising the level is for us to have a competition platform that encompasses all traditional karate people like a CrossFit Games equivalent where the winning person would get a purse or I don't know how to set it up, to be honest, like what's the best way to set it up, but for there to be the one event that like for competitors to go to that everybody wants to go to. Yeah. And I think you are, you are touching on a very important point, right? Um, and I wanted to say that before, and then we, um, you know, we, we change topics, but um the, the problem karate has is, and Martin was touching on it, it's it's not a sport for everyone. 
right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's super demanding. It's a super demanding sport, right? And it's not an, a simple, easy sport. It, it asks a lot of your mind, your body, of everything. And if you want to become really good, you have to give it a lot, right? And that's mm -hmm. the philosophy. You are never giving up. You're always on your way to improve. You're never perfect and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so, and now, and then on the other side, you have all these different associations, very small ones as well, right? So a, a sport that is already not for everyone gets cluttered into so many different, mm. you know, um, different organizations and people and, and, and associations and however you call it. So you never, you know, you never have this massive exposure because, mm -hmm. you know, and I think your idea of bringing that together um, to the next level, like we started on Karate at Home and then maybe the next level is tournament is brilliant because mm -hmm. you suddenly would create so much exposure for a sport that is just not as visible, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. we are making it hard on ourselves <laughs> to make it visible enough, right? Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, this, this, is, this is work for two lives, You know, making make a tournament or especially when you give a title like world champion, you know, every, every, every federation wants to have their own world champion, like in boxing. We have the same in boxing. Mm -hmm. um, but then you have to have the same rules, judges and all that. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know what? I think it's worth, that is definitely worth tackling because, I mean, I think that would kind of steer the large ship in a positive direction but again it could be like the titanic like we can't steer this ship fast enough you know before you hit the iceberg but i like you said the judging is extremely important somehow we'd have to find a way to get everybody on the same page because i think people from other associations might feel a bit wary of competing in let's say a jka tournament because they think oh well and and it could there could be, there's a lot of bias too in judging right um unfortunately you don't have to answer that yeah there, there is i can answer that there is <laughs> it's, it's, um, i it's, would say you know um what needs to happen is that you know um actually karateka need to come together for the bigger purpose yes of our art and <laughs> i agree i'm celebrating right now i i 100 you know? agree And, and I mean, if you, I mean, I'm, I'm working in the corporate world. If you just look when big companies are coming together for a bigger purpose on, for example, climate change, mm. I mean, it sounds like a big comparison, right? But this is where you manage big competitors standing next to each other and making commitments, right? Mm -hmm. the and I think exactly the karate has the, the, the big ones, the leaders need to put the greater purpose on top and then I think uh, stuff like that can happen. Let's do it. Let's, let's push, <laughs> let's push this. <laughs> I, I think, I think we, we have, we have a great chance to organize um, our karate style um, seminars. On my opinion, mm. this could be the first step. If this could be the first step, if, if people coming together, from the, the, the federations and we make, for example, and we're thinking about this, we make, um, for example, a, a big seminar for four days and we have 
two two women, two men, or three three women, three men as teachers. Mm. So again, diversity from different countries, um, maybe from different continents. So diversity is not only men, women. It's also color, religion, everything. Open, really open for everybody. Um, I think this could be a first step. Mm. Then maybe you can do an add-on and say, okay, we had we had now our third, fourth international um, friendship seminar, and now let's try let's try kumite um, shiai um, or kata shiai. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think as soon as you start with, it's getting a little bit political. And then I'm afraid a little bit of this. Yeah. Um, what 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 I what I see right now. The, the big federation, um, WKF, they made that. Okay, they're the biggest federation worldwide mm. and so on. But this is totally different. It's good. It's, it's another kind of karate. It's totally different of, of my, of my um, um, philosophy. For example, I'm really getting crazy when I'm teaching in the park this year in the pandemic. And some of the people say, um, in Germany, laufen is to walk. And people say, oh, we walk this kata. And they know I'm, get, I'm getting upset. You never walk mm. a kata, you fight a kata. It's like kumite, you fight it. Mm. It's like kumite. And if you want to know what that means, then go into the internet, go on YouTube and look Yahara doing his unsu 30 years ago. Then you know each punch could kill. This is kata. Kata is not... Um, um, not dancing on the on the ice. Mm. Um, um, yeah. Not to help me. Dancing on ice? Throwing stones in a classhouse? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a different expression for for different countries, right? It is, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think it's... Um, yeah, please go on, because I, I, I got a brain fart there. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I wanted to say. No, I think I think Martin is right. Um, I think actually, you know, like starting with seminars to unite karate cars, and then as an as a potential next step, you could think about the tournaments, right? I mean, that certainly, um, certainly is a great idea. Um, yeah, I think you're. I think that's probably the. Not the easy, I wouldn't say easy, but it is the easiest way to kind of get that ball rolling. Yeah. Most effective way, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But that's uh, like like the rules that you have for karate at home, right? I mean, it's really rare to see a platform where you don't have a lot of negativity. Like there's always these back and forth. So is there a way to create, let's say, an organization that is just uniting people and has like spreading the cultural values that you want to maintain so like you know martin san was saying you know you're not walking through a kata you're you're behaving and approaching it a certain way isn't isn't it possible for there to be a traditional wkf type organization that's able to encompass all that and maintain those values i think political wise not now maybe in future but not now because jka is too dominant for that and the other great federations too dominant for that. We had at one time, I remember, because I was in the meeting and in the World Championship in Philadelphia, what was together from JK and ISKF. It was one time. It held for one time. And mm. yeah, then it was over again. Um, maybe this would change in future 
when people are more open-minded right now, ooh, this is getting very, very um, um, political. It would be a dream to get all traditional Shotokan federations together. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's um, do what Nakayama Sensei had all along, because I mean that's that's a tragedy. I think there's so much talent, so much expertise, and and all these various organizations. Like we have to to be together again somehow. Could be like a mission. Absolutely. Uh, maybe to give you a different perspective or angle to it. I mean, if I just take myself, yeah, I'm I'm a JKA in and out. I grew up with it, and it's my home, right? JKA, the German JKA, it's my home. Like I, you know, it's a big family, but I've lived now internationally in so many different places. Honestly, in the f now triggered by karate at home in the future, no matter where I am, as long as the Shotokan karate is guaranteed and it's a high quality, I honestly don't care if it's KWF, ITS, ITKF, if it's um, WTKO. I care about the people I train with and I care about um, the quality and the standards, right? Mm -hmm. But I just, in the background, need my home, right? I need my home and um, that's it. So, But that's me, obviously. I'm, I'm maybe an exception because I, I lived everywhere <laughs> and I have no physical home, right? Mm -hmm. But I think we maybe started it with Karate at Home already. Mm -hmm. It's just not yet arrived in the physical world, but it arrived in the online world, right? With this mm -hmm. uniting element. But we, don't. <laughs> but we don't want to get political. <laughs> well, well this, my, 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 my question is this, though. Let's say you had a tournament, right? And we'll say a non-Japanese JK instructor didn't... Sorry, I, don't, I, I lost myself there. If someone outside of Japan won the world championship almost regularly, so it wasn't like a headquarters instructor, do you really think that people would stop wanting to go to the headquarters and learn from them because they have so much knowledge and experience and just because they didn't win a tournament, like would that, do you think that would discourage people from learning from them? No, I don't think so. Because if you look into other sports, right? If you take um, soccer, if you take basketball, right? those different sports have their homes, right? Basketball mm -hmm. US, wow. Everyone who plays basketball dreams of uh, playing in the US, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone who plays soccer wants to play in England or Germany or whatever, mm -hmm. right? It's okay. Every sport has its roots and traditions in a country, but that doesn't, or in a culture, but that doesn't prevent that culture to opening up, right? And to mm -hmm. spread it, spread it wider, right? I think, um, my view. Yeah, but I, I understand one thing. Um, the, the, time, the time when when it was before the JKA split again, when we had I, international amateur, um, I-E-S-K-A, we, we, we were in a different, before WKF, JKA, wants to be the keeper of the highest standard. Mm. And I think they're a little bit, I wouldn't say afraid, but they take care that they don't lose the control. For sure, there is no reason because who is going to Japan to headquarter? Not everybody, not the normal, not the normal people. So 
this should change a little bit on the on the tournaments maybe but but this is yeah this is the, the judges and it's not always the japanese judges sometimes the non-japanese judges are more for the japanese than the japanese judges <laughs> Yeah. Um, I would say the last five minutes, you please cut off the podcast. Otherwise, I'm getting problems. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, in the dojo, the people decide the federation in cause of the sensei or the dojo. And as long there's a good structure in the country, they stay with their sensei, they stay with their dojo, and they stay with the federation. Mm. And only when there is a change, like the chief of the dojo, the chief instructor of the dojo, or the chief instructor of the country is changing, mm. um, then people look okay with what we do now. What what we do now? Mm -hmm. As long as there, like in England, there was Enoida, there was no question. There's Enoida. When Enoida passed away, um, there was there was a split. A couple of um, a lot of people went with Ota Sensei to JKA. Others stayed in KGB, and and that's always the same when when the heads pass passing away, you know. Mm -hmm. This, um, but but in the dojo, and this is most of the people they they don't have to they don't care about politics. Most of the people they stay in the federation where their dojo is and where their their sensei is. Mm. In Germany, we have the situation now that more and more senses are getting old. So this is now a normal change of the generations. You know? You, you know what's really interesting is that you know my father is the chief chief instructor of 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 one of the Canadian associations, but from very early on he delegated to me to become the head instructor of of his local dojo in Ottawa, and I mean, if this were done typically, he would still be teaching, right? Obviously, and I think we have to recognize what everybody can do at a different stage of their life. Because right now I'm 29 and teenagers, they think, oh, it's cool, young instructor. But like that cool factor is going to wear off pretty quickly. <laughs> so, I mean, it was very innovative. And I really have a lot of admiration for my father for delegating a lot of responsibility. And I think, I th yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just, how do I put this? I think it's important for us to realize what's best for the members sometimes, because for me, if I had, let's say a 20 year old that wanted to train to become world champion, it, training at my dojo wouldn't necessarily be the best thing for that person. And I would be very honest and upfront about it and say, look, like if you, if you're looking for this, you have to train here, 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 that, but I mean, right now, If there's anybody between the ages of 10 to 15, I would really encourage them to come to our dojo because we have a lot of young, well, not a lot, but we have up, up and coming people. So just what, where you're at, I think people, it would be nice to be more honest about what, what you can offer. But then again, from the perspective of an instructor, I can understand why they would feel um, hurt if one of their students went ahead and trained at another dojo or in another area, because they put so much of their heart and soul in what they do that it's almost, it, I can see where they would feel that betrayal. So it is a little bit of a weird, I guess, balancing act, right? 
I guess what you were just referring to is a little bit what I meant at the beginning, that I think there needs to be a balance of keeping traditions, but opening a little bit up and modernizing. And and what your father did is one of those examples, right? Mm-hmm. He he um, was very open and modern in the way how he promoted you very quickly, very soon, sooner than probably any other instructor to the head of, of this dojo, right? And that's one example um, of um, just not being so afraid that by by doing things a little different that you will lose mm. the tradition. On the contrary, you will you will maybe keep them even stronger because you're making sure you are modernizing and not losing the people while you keep the traditions, right? Mm. Yeah. What, what do you think, Martinson? Um there, there are so many instructors and there are sometimes dojos where a brown belt is instructing because they don't have black belts mm. or there are black belts um, who don't have who don't have the money to go to Japan or, or somewhere else to get more education mm. so this is this is very different but but um, on my opinion a good instructor a good sensei um, is guiding his student Mm. And you you told a good example. So, for example, if if, if one of my students um, he has a very great talent, and I taught him everything I could I could do, then I take him and and we did this in my dojo very often. And we we drove them to another instructor together, or we sent mm. them there, and they and these people never left the dojo; they stayed. They trained in other dojos too, but they came back and they they brought mm. back that power and what they learned to mm. their home dojo. Mm. But they were guided, and but I know a lot of dojos also um, um, where the instructor is teaching the students maximum to ninety percent of the knowledge of the instructor. What I've learned, if I can make. X, then I try to get my students X plus hundred percent more, plus more. I agree. And 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 as more as you know, and and I mean, we're traveling now through this karate world for nearly forty years. Um, okay, for you maybe there, or go to this tournament, or go to this seminar. Um, you can give people advice, and you don't lose them. And if you got the time and the money, you go with them. Sometimes time you're getting kids, life is changing. For sure. This this is this should be the normal normal doing of, of each instructor. But I know instructors also who are afraid of losing people and who are very strict. And tradition is good, and sometimes it's good to be strict because there are also some students who want to make black belt and they should be green belt. That's possible too. If you give oh, them yeah. too much, not not everybody can live with the freedom. Not everybody mm-hmm. can handle the freedom. Um, so but as better the students get it's 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 a relationship between sensei and 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 kohai or or student Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i I mean i I think we we could talk we could talk about this one weekend every night with a lot of stuff in there that's exactly well that's exactly what's so fun about recording these right is because like we I mean, I would love to be able to do this face to face one time because definitely Zoom is is a bit choppy and and it's like sometimes we 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 cut each other when we want to speak. So like it's one of these days, yeah, we'll we'll have to record one 
live in person, right? Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Never been, to, never been to Canada. That's great. That's yeah. Or vice versa. Vice versa. But you know, um, maybe maybe just to have one more build, right? Um, when we, I think sometimes we are maybe also overthinking it, right? And yes. and I think I think when we when we started this karate at home and then it kept going, we didn't overthink it. We just went with the flow. We realized mm. it's it's having a good impact. It's fun along the way, and it's promoting our our passion, which is karate. And you know, and we didn't really, we didn't really overthink it, right? We were mm. on the contrary, maybe rather a bit sad if we, if we had to think about politics because we were mm. like, you know what, we really don't care. Let's just like do it because it's fun, in a way. You know what I mean? That's what I think is so what? great about it because it's literally all that everybody has to do. In the end mm -hmm. of the day, like you said, you just focus on your training, be the best person you can be. Be considerate of your members and what's best for your members and collaborate with like-minded people or try to collaborate with as many people in a positive manner. And I think those are really at the foundation of like elevating karate, bringing the things to another level. So I, that's why I'm really fascinated by that. Mm -hmm. what, so. what, is very, what is very interesting, um, we, we, a couple of instructors asking, what should I teach? And we always say, that's... <laughs> That's your opinion. That's your karate. We don't care. Every instructor is, is free. Now we, have, we had over 300 and something lessons, classes. And by themselves, they concentrate a lot on Kion, Kata and Kumite. But because of um, 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 online training, it's a lot of Kion. And, they, and a lot of them concentrated on the things like Shomen, Hamni, um, how to work with the back leg and so on. And what what I learned in Japan, what is a little bit different on the on the courses and classes in Japan, you're doing less techniques, but more often. Mm. What I personally love, mm. some people getting bored, I love it. I love it to do 1,200 maigaris and can't walk anymore. I love that. Mm. Um, or you, you come in home doors in the first class in the morning and you do one technique, like Maya Gary, first class in the afternoon starts, that time I, was, I think it was four. What is doing the instructor? Maya Gary. Mm. Okay, mm. next class, Maya Gary. Oh, damn, they talk to each other. So the last class, what you're doing? Maya Gary. You know, you hate the day, but one week later, you, you oh, this is going totally different. Mm -hmm. It was just, it, it's changing. And this is... What I what I love in Japan, they're doing a lot more. Uh, is it repetitions? Mm. Repetitions, a more, yeah. A lot more repetitions, less, te less techniques, and more and more. Or like you you said in your in your class, you use the rubber band. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So helped by this, um, and, and this is changing so much. And all the instructors on in karate at home, they made a traditional training but they were never told to do. They were all free. Interesting. They yeah. were all focusing on the basic elements and the, the members and, and um, whether they were a color belt, like a yellow belt, or my wife, she's orange belt. Mm -hmm. she, she's just training now for, for, for um, yeah, one, nearly one year. And they all, they all love it. 
They love it. And they look even more. And this is something what Nadja and me were discussing very often. Um, are we going for Zoom or Facebook? And mm. I'm, I'm more the old, old guy. So I love Facebook. Because why? I have, a, I have an instructor face-to-face. I don't look to others. It's like being with an instructor face-to-face in one room. Mm. Yeah, but Interesting. This, is, this is the opinion of the old guy. Now ask Nadja. Interesting. (laughs) I never thought of it like that, actually, but it does make a lot of sense. I did find it easier, though, actually, funny enough, because I I did do the one Zoom class very late on the train, but I I did a one Zoom class on the 25th. And I have to say, I admire instructors who do this on a regular basis because it's really hard to teach on Zoom. And what I found nice about Karate at Home is just, yep, I just focus on myself. I don't really know what other... So that is a, I, I never really thought of it that way, but I did find it easier. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but you're an, a Zoom advocate? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm like, I'm obviously always looking uh, for new things that could excite our members. I guess mm. that's more it. And obviously you see an explosion of Zoom, Zoom karate trainings, either in dojos or associations and stuff. So you naturally start to think about, hey, should we, should we try that out, right? Mm. Um, and we might try it out at some point just to see, because to your point, right, you have to give the, your members what they are looking for. And if that's then proven to be what they are looking for, then maybe that's the way to go. But right now, I think, um, I think, you know, it, um, to Martin's point, it, it gives you this idea of face to face and privacy in a, in a way. Mm. which is which is different yeah so we will see we will see where it goes huh yeah it, it's hard to tell also like the server like how it will manage but i mean facebook seemed to do really well like obviously if you have hundreds of people watching the live feed it didn't seem to i mean mind you though it, it, at some occasions there were connection issues right yeah which was mostly linked to obviously your wi-fi at home less to uh okay. the facebook as a platform right I Mm-hmm. I okay. mean, and, you know, that's linking. I mean, there's a lot of controversies around social media and Facebook and all those platforms, but I think that's a really good thing, right? We could easily utilize their tools to make mm-hmm. this happen, right? If you would have to build that yourself, never ever in a thousand years would we have been that fast, right? So I think mm-hmm. it's a good thing. What are the, what are some of the... Um the things that you really look for in an instructor. So if somebody wanted to, to come on your platform, what, what do you really like to see in terms of like how they're teaching? Or I think we might've touched a bit of this earlier. Um, in the beginning, we were just looking for instructors. Then, then we were getting recommend, recommendations. Um, very seldom people wrote um, or write me I want to teach very seldom mm. usually it's going the other way um, if I don't know the people I don't have a recommendation um, I look I look on their Facebook page I look what they're doing um, and very seldom I say no very seldom I think mm. till now only a few times I and it's I, I don't say no. I do it in J- Japanese way. 
I don't, but I don't it, want to. I don't want to say no. I don't want to give a negative message. But also, when someone is standing in front of the camera of, uh, um, it may be only one hundred people live or one hundred fifty, but within twenty four hours, we have between four thousand up to sixteen thousand views. Wow! So it's also my responsibility to protect the instructor and to see um, whether he or she um, is at the stage to do it. And I, I remember, for example, for one younger instructor, um, I asked another friend and he said, yes, it's a good experience for him or for her. And then, okay, no problem. Today, till today, we had no problem. They were all great. They were all great. Whether it was a world champion like Don Sharp or Uta Sensei, or it was um, like instructor from Mexico who was really great and never made a damn test after his showdown. Uh, he should mm. have a, so they were all great all on their way um all personalities and and we are really thankful for all them and um, and that is we, martin that is maybe you're touching on a very important point right um because at the beginning naturally we had so many amazing names also on our platform right but actually we are super proud to are not just having amazing names right but also featuring a very good instructor from a dosho in your town, right? Who never gets the spotlight normally because, you know, it's just natural that the big names are the ones you go to seminars for, right? 100%. But, yeah. yeah, but there are so many amazing instructors, young, old, as I said, different ethnicities, and they never have this platform. And you, you are amazed by the quality, right? And you yeah. would never see them otherwise. I, I, have, I have a good example. Mm. There was one instructor who was one of our biggest supporters from the very beginning of. And he ordered a member certificate. He was there in every class. And, and one he day still I, I, he still is. He still is. He still is. And one and one day I thought, damn, I, please, um, would you make a class? Oh, okay. After a long, long time, he wrote me an email. Okay, now I'm ready. I do one. He's a fifth dan. Mm. And then he made his class. And he was so amazing in his spirit. He had such an amazing spirit. People loved that class. Everybody was sweating. Everybody was, yeah, gave his best. But after the class, he was just smiling because that spirit coming over. That mm. friendship coming over through the camera, that was just lovely. And I had a little bit of work to get him to teach, you know. And sometimes you have brilliant people who have brilliant techniques. That doesn't mean they're the best teacher. What people in the dojo are the same, you know. They want spirit. They want to feel. And you if you're standing in the front and you're burning, they will burn too, you know. Mm. Wow, what, what, and come on now, one more, one more, no, no, don't give up, come on, you know, to push the people, and and you do, and, and if an instructor is doing this with respect, and the students feel that the instructors like or love the class and the students, they will give their best, mm -hmm. and and this this class, I think Nadia was only a couple of weeks ago, um, we we don't say the name. If if you listen to this, he, he yeah, will know. I, you know who I you are. Knew, I immediately knew who he meant. So, <laughs> yeah. but but that was so amazing. That was so amazing. 
and and this this is also something something what what I want to say. Um, we try to read all the comments, hmm. and if we can make it, I I tried I tried to make a like to every comment, to really every comment every day on on each training. <laughs> And this positivity going around through the members to the instructors, from the instructors back to the members, nearly, I think nearly 99% of the instructors are reading all the comments. Because mm. when you give your first online training, you're nervous before, yeah. you sweat <laughs> yeah. before, you're really, you're really done when, you, when, when, you're, when you're ready after the hour, but then you get a positive feedback. And this is so great. This is so great. Just this, this feeling plus in this crazy time of the pandemic. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it, it it was definitely great to to teach on that platform and I think it's it's a win-win everywhere around in my opinion. It's awesome. We love to have you. It was great. Yeah, it's it's it hats off to all those instructors too though. I mean, they they have such an important role to play in there's like this holistic side. I, I've, I've been mentioning this so many times in the podcast because it's that's. I think that's really the foundation of of what Do is right. Is like you try to find your inner peace through the way, and the way could be calligraphy, could be karate, could be dancing, could be whatever. Right. So I think that's that's really important to touch on. Super true. Like, what are your thoughts about karate teaching in general, though? Because I find that it's very hard to to teach karate in a systematic way, because and because that systematic way could change depending on on what your objective is, right? Because you have kata kihon kumite, then you have competition, then you have full contact, then you have um, for discipline, right? Because if you do, we'll say a kata a hundred times it's not necessarily going to help you how to fight but it's really good for your mental training so mm. i mean like and then you have so ba basically in a simple way you have all this material right all this subjects to work on but then how do you organize it in in a way that's that's logical Make it so. Make it easy and make a plan. Mm. So so make it easy. F f I mean, every, every more repetitions. I mean, you learned all that. I don't. I don't have to explain. Um, we had we had a very good um, um, education in, in in Germany in former times. We, we called there were different licenses for instructor. And on the so-called, I think it was um, 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 instructor B, like this, you had to make a year plan. Mm. So you had to start in January and you had to make a plan for different groups for the whole year. So when is preparation for the tournament, for the people who are going for the tournament? Mm. When is preparation for this? Then you had um, times where, where you um, um, planned... Um, um, na erholung, um, not erholung. Uh, recreation recreation times for for also times for strengths and so on but a year plan i think that helps a lot um all also traditional karate has to be very professional 
this is sometimes very um, difficult if if you're not a professional karate cut because it takes time. Yes, it takes time to the for the planning. It takes time for the preparation. It's easier when you do this for twenty or thirty years. Um, like a teacher, like a teacher in school, a teacher in school who is teaching for thirty years. It's not that different, not that difficult, not that difficult because he did it so often. Um, but yeah, that's my opinion on that. On that point. Yeah, and I would say, I would say, um, you know, at least for the experienced karateka you are teaching, um, I think it's also the responsibility of the the students you have, like. Um, you know, like now when you when you train at home, for example, and, and you watch all those classes and you train, like how do you structure it for yourself? Because you don't know what these instructors are doing, right? And and some might do three times in a row the same. So I think it's on every student as well, at least the experienced one, to to ask yourself, okay, what are the three things I'm going to work today in the class on, right? Mm-hmm. What am I focusing on? And what am I focusing on tomorrow? Because nearly in every training, you you can focus on the same things if you want to, right? You can you can focus on your breathing, you can focus on your heel, you can focus on Hami Shoman and your hip movements. That's like there's certain things you could always have as your own goal as well, and therefore improve. If that makes sense. No, I think I it's think not just the teacher; it's it also sense. the students. What, yeah. What What I like very much, for example, is. Um, first, tell the people the purpose. So, why doing? Why doing? Why are we doing this? What we do today? What is our What is our purpose? Or what is our goal for today? What is our goal for this month? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe what is our goal for this year? And also, I, I like very much to communicate with the people in the training. So, for example, um, Nadia, we're doing this and this this way. Why? What is your opinion? And you, to to get feedback from the people, you know to. Not too much talking, you know. Mm. Um, but there is time enough, you know. I, I remember times where we were not allowed to drink while training. This changed with the time, but there's mm. time enough to make it to make some communication and then to focus again and to, to make what to do. Mm-hmm. It was also funny. Also, every teacher has obviously their own style, right? Um, we had mm. last week. We had our first. Zoom call from my home dojo and my dad was giving the class and he's not at all used to technology and whatsoever. Mm. And then there were a lot of people who are not living in my hometown anymore who could train, right? Finally, we could all train together again. And we had technical issues and the sound wasn't working and whatever. And then one person said, she was actually saying, why do you need to hear him? You know, his you know, his focus and his teaching style. And we don't need to hear his words. We just need to see what he's doing. And we know, we know what he's Mm. saying to us. That's also, I think, also important that when you are teaching, you are establishing a little bit uh, a particular style and Mm. your students, um, that helps your students, I think. Mm -hmm. What's what's helped a lot for me is uh, dividing our dojo into different programs. And I, this is nothing new, obviously, because I'm sure a lot of people are doing this. They have like a kids program, like a youth program or adult program. And I think it's important to do that because I, what I've noticed as well is that when you like there are benefits of having uh, people of all age groups and all categories in the one class. I think there are benefits of that. But I also find that if you do that too much, that certain age groups 
the training is not a one size fits all for all those those ages. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I've approached maybe trying to improve things. But I mean, that's that's kind of why I wanted to bring up that question in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. About structuring your your class because you ultimately want everybody to benefit in their own Abs- way. absolutely i mean there sometimes there are the discussions of why why we need why we need different um, colors on the belt um or just one group i think if if you make one week of training for all together for socializing and that's okay but usually um like there's one group for the lower belts. There's one for the middle group. And if you have enough, enough people, there's one, they have maybe three groups. Mm-hmm. Then you can't, it makes, in my opinion, no sense to, to, to teach the kids together with the adults. Mm-hmm. You can do it if you have no place, if you have no time in the dojo. But usually separation is very important because this gives a lot of chance for the students and for the instructor for both. Mm. Are there a lot of kids participants in the karate at home classes? You think it's hard no. to say, right? No, I don't think so. Okay, okay. Maybe, Some, sometimes. maybe sometimes with the parents who also do karate. Right. Mm. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, kids of parents. That's and that is generally one. that is generally um, a very interesting topic as well, right? How do you get more young people? And I'm not saying kids. I mean more teens and. Uh, people in their, you know, late, like after high school, high school, or uh, Mm. even, you know, in in college times, I feel like that's at least uh, what I've experienced, often the dropout of home dojos and people stop. And it's also like, we really miss this youth element um, quite often, I think. It's it's interesting because like historically in, in our dojo, it's always been an adult dojo and we would have kids and youth training but like you said youth is where the biggest drop-off has been and ever since my wife and I started teaching we 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 started a youth program so literally that drop-off age they have a class that's for the drop-off age and so far it's been good um I don't know obviously we'll know the results like five to 10 years from now, like whether it, it, it was a good result or bad result. But I definitely do think that they like the fact that there's like other people around their age and it's kind of, you know, I'm with t- other teenagers. This is kind of a, a fun thing or it, it creates their own special place in a way, but like I, in Cobra, like in Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. And, and I mean, I am I am getting further away from from 15 years old, so I'm I am can't relate to that as much yeah. as before. But I do remember that being kind of a thing, right? Where you want to hang out with people um, in your age. It was group. helping. It was helping when when I was that age. Um, there were a lot of other um, at my age as well, and we all trained for competition. And we, mm-hmm. you know, we were hanging out. We were going at the weekends to the seminars mm-hmm. or competitions, and it was hard because we trained so much but mm. we also had so much fun right and it was only possible because it was like 10 of us or something right it yeah. was this camaraderie it doesn't even need to be more than that actually because i find i find that 10 yeah. is like really an optimal number where it, yeah. to maintain like good quality but also it's not just three people like you you have variety but quality it's i think 10 is a great number for that age group 
yeah. um, to aim for for anybody, really. Yep, that's true. Mm. Yeah. But when you both, so you you had sort of that circle, but what about you, Martin San? Like, was there a lot of like adults at the time when you were training, or were there a lot of people in your age group? Did that when, make when I was, you mean when I was training or? Yeah, starting off, yeah. Um, I started karate very late. I started karate was 21. So oh. very late. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I, I was doing judo before. Mm. And I was flying gliders and I started karate very late. But then I, I said at the age of 21, I want to go to the, I want to get to the squat. And my instructor said, you're totally crazy. <laughs> so so um, I, I, I trained nearly five, six days a week, plus ev- nearly every weekend I took all my money to go to seminars. So after three years, I made it up to Shodam. So because I was old, you know, I want to go to this, I had to hurry up. But we had, we had, a, be, we had a beginner's class. We had a middle group um, that was up till beginner's class was white. Then we had a group yellow to green belt. Mm. And then, um, yeah, pur- purple up to black. I think that was in the beginning. And then we started with the kids group. But that was 1980, long ago, 1983, I think. Mm. Today, most of the dojos are living from the kids. Mm. Nearly 50% of the members are kids. So they they starting very early, sometimes, in my opinion, too early, because <laughs> with three or four years, that makes absolutely no sense, yeah. in my opinion. But they need they need it. And and then you, yeah. then you have that big loss of members in the age between 14 and 17. Mm. there they lost so there's a lot of tournaments are not full anymore because they don't have the 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 juniors and then people coming back maybe after school and some after education Mm. and then there's a bigger group getting older and older what's really tough about the 14 to 17 age category is that and mind you though this could be different in europe right but in north america if you train like really hard and you have an instructor that's really pushing you, you could probably win the national tournament like within about a year or so. It's not that um, it's not such a big hill to climb, at least in Canada. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's so right now they're still young. Right. But by the time that they're 14, if they just keep winning and winning and winning, it's, it's like, is that is that all there is? So I I find that that's why it's so important to have that platform and and for it to be actually difficult to win. Yeah, and and actually this is why you have so many drop out at that age, right? Because it's like then changing your mindset from competition is not everything, and um, you know I'm actually working for something that might not have a medal prize in the end, but mm. that is just for me of getting better. Um, that's, I think, why you see so many getting out, right, and stopping karate because they they can't manage this shift and it's not interesting to them anymore, right? They miss this this stimulation of I'm succeeding in something. I yeah. think that's. Uh, I had an interest. I was talking about that with the previous guest actually about external motivation versus internal motivation, mm-hmm. and ultimately, internal motivation is is what we're aiming for right so it's not the external rewards or 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 factors that are influencing why you do karate in the first place though right but i mean for a teenager 
a lot of them are motivated by that external factor, right? Yeah. 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 That, and that's why, but that's with so many things in life, right? How do you move away from this external recognition and just get to the internal recognition for yourself, right? Um, that's that's a very tough job, not just in karate, like in everything, I think, um, for it? yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do do you find that internal motiv- exter- internal motivation drives most of the decisions from now, or is that con- like a constant battle? I mean, for me, it's a constant battle because mm-hmm. I guess, and and this is the on the one side, karate helps you to, or helped me to mentally balance that out more on the other Mm. side because I did competition for so long and karate Mm. tells you you are never perfect you always can be better and your technique is never 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 perfect you're always on the way right you always you are always in this mindset of yeah I can improve right like Mm. I never should be satisfied but that is ultimately also putting a lot of pressure if you think about it right because it, and it can put a lot of pressure on yourself. So at least for myself, I can say on the one side, it's good. On the other side, it made me like, make me like a person who's constantly seeking for improvement. Right. Mm. And is that always good? I'm not so sure. <laughs> you know, um, Martin. I, I think what is, what is very important and this is changing with the time. Um, is the time after the training and the time you spend together on weekends, like going seminars, competitions, or doing something else in your hometown together. Because um, one one thing is karate in the dojo, and the other thing is the family, the family in the dojo. And and I remember it when when I I had to take over my dojo very young after after three years was twenty four I took over the dojo, and I I said always one question, who will not go with us for a drink tonight? So not who will join us. The question who will not join us? Please, hands up. And three four times a week we were together. Sometimes not long. Sometimes only one beer sometimes longer with food and long time. But this is the, the family. I mean, if you have an own dojo with, with um, um, and, and own rooms, even even easier. But this is also very important for, for the young people, 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, if, if they have really the feeling, not only of the training, but being part of this big family dojo and spending time together after it. Um, this, this is... Um, um, this is um, connect or um, bind bound bounding. Yeah, this this bonding, is bound, bonding bounding the people, you know, um, mm, connecting them together and connect connecting community. them together and yeah yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, I I'm st- still with, when I'm when I'm today in, in Japan or I go to Amsterdam and meet Nadja, or like we do now in this podcast. I mean, this is after the training, the most lovely thing to talk together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And doesn't matter whether you're a professor or you're just an easy worker. People are together from all, from, from all um, social um, levels. Mm. Um, and 
they're coming from different countries and so on, but they, they're training together. And after training, you say, okay, let's take a little time and sit together, have a beer or, or eat something together. Mm. This, this is the add-on, what, what um, is, is bounding the people together, in my opinion. Wow. I feel like we can keep this going for... <laughs> <laughs> you know, another couple of hours, but uh, unfortunately, I think we've reached our, our uh, hour and a half mark. So I, I'd like to ask you one more thing about what would you say would be, from a technical sense, what you'd like to achieve with your karate? Like, what what is your next goal? Uh, you, ourselves? You, yeah. Can you? Yeah. So, for example, for me. I would like to be able to relax more when I'm fighting and not raise like my, my body tension so that all my movements are tight. That's something I'd really want to try to improve. What about for yourself? So for me, it's, um, and I actually was teaching that in my class I did. Um, I just want to, want to bring the, how do you say I want the pressure from my heel like I'm always lifting my heel you know mm. and either I'm lifting it or when I'm turning my heel is going backwards which is obviously not how it should be so I'm I'm constantly trying to train to get the pressure from the heel and not from the um not from the ball of the foot right mm. um I find that incredibly hard uh, and I always did and especially, you know, you manage, but you manage it when you are in high stance or when, you know, when you do things slow. But then if you combine it with a low stance and dynamic techniques, then I'm always realizing, oh, my heel is going up. And um, mm. yeah, that's that's my personal thing. Cool. That's a hard one to change, too. <laughs> that's a hard one. <laughs> If I tell you everything, it would take another three hours. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, I, I started Makivara training in springtime, and this is this should help me. So first goal is to get the left side as strong as the right side. So with all that thing, Hamni Shoman, Hamni Shoman, relaxing between, but then a really hard punch on, on the Makibara. So I have a personal goal going over the um, thousand. Mm. Um, but the real goal is then to to um, develop my Oitsuki, that I can do an Oitsuki for, for Kumite. Mm. Because I love this technique and we see it so... We, I, I, just, I just want to learn an Oizuki what can destroy. Coming from deep, from a deep stance, forward as fast as possible. Um, yeah, that's what I'm working on for the next 40 years. So in, in terms of Oizuki, do you mean like when, like which, because there is an Oizuki that's kind of a mix of a reverse punch and the, an oizuki, the overwalked, right? we call it the overwalked kyakusuki. Oh, they, oh. <laughs> yeah. I um, don't know. There's a technique. There's, I don't know what it's called actually officially. No, it's not called like that, but that's yeah. what we literally say, like translated from the German sentence, the overwalked kyakusuki, because it looks I, I, like a kyakusuki, but it ends in an oizuki, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I mean that ah. that's that's later on you can do it even faster when 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 the fist is without the foot before. Um, but I want to do it together. Okay, and, so and that I'm, one. I'm 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 re I'm really trying also um, to do the oitsuki, and then also when I do right right oitsuki, that I always have pressure on the left hip mm. because sometimes you, you go in more like in kizamitsuki with the right hip when you when you're doing right oitsuki. No, to to mm. be more shonen um, and to get more power, and, and it's really interesting to feel. The development on the makibara on the right side, on the left side, it's hard. It's really hard to change. But uh, when you when you hold your beer, do you hold it on the right side or the left side? Right side. So maybe right. maybe that can help. I don't know. Well, <laughs> holding it externally <laughs> on the left side. That, that's that's very interesting. The, the first thing the first thing I saw then on myself um, um, was that that I, I I turned the fist on the left side too early. And the elbow is coming out, you know, begin beginner's mistake, mm. you know. So with the heels coming up and, and balancing the right and the left, that's, that's, uh, those yeah, are hard okay. things to change, okay. <laughs> but that's the fun part, right? If you yeah, can fix yeah. it in a day, like, you know, how fun would that be? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I can't thank you both enough for, for agreeing to do this. So I, I'm going to wrap it up here. So thank you for, for coming on. This was fun. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us.